what is gospel? What is the false gospel? What are false teachers doing in the church today? How is it affecting us? These are some of the points we're going to be discussing today. I'm here with Joshua West. Hi, Josh. How are you doing today? Glad to be with you, Gary. Thanks. Good to see you again, man. We've been, uh, over the last few weeks, been talking about that. We just want to welcome you to the Gary Wilkerson podcast. And uh, yeah, so we've talked about, just to give us a quick review of what we've been talking about the last few sessions. I think we've uh, we've covered originally what the gospel is and sort of gave a little insight into the mechanics of it, right. obviously the importance of it. Um, we've also talked about atonement and uh, we, we talked about an element of the gospel, faith. What is faith a gift? And I think we kind of wrapped up last time um, talking about some maybe headed towards some false gospel ideas to do with atonement, you know, coming out of progressive Christianity. Yeah. Well, that's a great summary, man. You, you, you got a better memory than I do. Uh, but uh, if you haven't watched those episodes yet, I want to encourage you to uh, go back and watch those after you've, you. You don't have to to get to the content of today. It certainly is going to be biblical, scriptural, and hopefully inspirational, transformational to you as well. Uh, Josh, if you don't mind, I'm just going to take about three minutes and kind of give a review of what I believe, and I, I think we both believe to be the clarity of the gospel. First of all, we would say that it's good news, uh, and the word news means that it's already done, it's accomplished, it's finished. It's not, uh, it, although it's happening in real time and space, it's something that Christ has finished for us. So it's, it's uh, so it's not like prophecy or prediction, um, something you hope is going to happen in the future. It's actually something done for you by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, <clears throat> Part of that good news starts off with bad news. We talked about that, uh, the, the, that we were, uh, we were required by God to obey him perfectly, completely. All our actions, all our thoughts, all our words, all our deeds, all our emotions, sins of omission and sins of commission break those laws. Uh, we, we are not perfect and complete when we omit something we're supposed to do, love God with all our heart. And we don't. Then we're we've omitted that commission. We're supposed to love our neighbors ourselves. We don't. We've committed a, a sin. We've lied. We've stolen. We've cheated. Um, uh, and, and not only that, it's not just things we commit or omit, but it's also by nature we are sinners. Uh, we were born into sin. Ephesians two says we were dead in sin, children of wrath. Dead people can't try harder. Dead people can't pick themselves up by their bootstraps. So Jesus came, <clears throat> sent by God as as God, but as a man, and he paid the penalty. So God was, he's so holy, he can't partner with sin in communion. And so his holiness requires penalty for sin. Romans tells us about the, the wages of sin is, is death. But Jesus took that death upon himself for us. He cleansed us. He made us, uh, he lived, he fulfilled the law. He lived a perfectly righteous life, which oftentimes I think that's kind of left out of the gospel story a lot of times. No is, doubt. Is, 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 it's like almost he could have just been born and then died on the cross. But no, he had to fulfill the law so that, as Romans 8 tells us, that the, the, the law could be fulfilled in us. We, we could become righteous. We could take on not only the forgiveness of sin. So the good news is he's forgiven our sins, cleansed us uh, of all our failures, omission, and commission. But not only that, he's imputed, put into us his righteousness. And that's a perfect righteousness that is fulfilled um, by Christ. The, the, the law was not diminished or forgotten. It was a requirement from the holiest the holy God, and Christ fulfilled that and then imputed that righteousness into us so that we can be accepted by God. So that's that's pretty much my take on the gospel. Great summary. Thank you. <laughs> but today what we want to do is not spend a lot of time on that. We can go back to the previous episode and get content on that. But to talk a little bit more about what are the diversions from that, what are the, the, the false gospels. 
you mentioned just before we started the show today that you're going to open up your Bible to Galatians. Why, why is that? You know, out of all of Paul's epistles, um, you know, there's there's always gospel language, um, deviation from the gospel, return to the gospel. But I think Galatians, uh, you know, it probably has the most direct rebuke about um, a distorted gospel. And, you know, I've, I've uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I've preached through Galatians many times, but when you really just think about Paul's language here, I mean, it really is so much more stark than it is even in, you know, Corinthians when he's dealing with a, a fleshy sort of, you know, worldly minded church um, or or even in many of the other places where he's dealing with false teaching here. It seems to be like from the very beginning, he wants to establish um, just the the paramount nature of having a pure gospel. And so, you know, and if you don't mind if I read it, I was going to ask you to, yeah. In uh, Galatians chapter one, after he, you know, makes his greetings to them as he standardly does in his letters, in Galatians 1 6, he says, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you who want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if an angel from heaven should come and preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before and now say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. And I'll just read the last next two verses just because um, it kind of gives uh, some inclination. He says, for am I now seeking the approval of man or God? If I'm trying to please man, um, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And so when he makes this harsh rebuke about the gospel, he also makes it clear that, you know, um, that he he's not he's not trying to do something to attract or please men. He, he, he wants to please God. But in this um, pure gospel, you know, he he's this is the gospel that saves man. And so, I, I've you know, I've always, you know, thought about this. And, you know, there's even been times where in this day and age, you know, people may have said that I was a hellfire and brimstone preacher <clears throat> or that I was, you know, harsh in some areas. But the truth is, you know, we can be very open handed and charitable about many issues that we disagree on as Christians, um, some more than others, you know, um, but the closer we step towards the gospel, you know, the divinity of Christ, the humanity of Christ, salvation through Christ alone by faith in him because he He came to bring us grace. You know, I think the, the statement is if we get the gospel wrong, we get everything wrong. Sure. And I think that's why, you know, Paul is so harsh. And I think um, we have to be so direct and serious minded about the gospel. It's not a joking matter. This is this is the this is the narrow path to life. And apart from it, um, you're, you're damned. And even if you live a good life by the world's standards, but you miss this piece, you miss everything. You did. You did. Well, you, you picked the right scripture verse to start our conversation on a different gospel. Um, that, ha, ha, And you're saying so well that you have the hope in Christ, and then somebody's trying to divert you from that. And so, you know, this passage, and I would add maybe verse 11 as well, <clears throat> for I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached to me is not man's gospel. <clears throat> and so, uh, you know, I, <clears throat> I just have circled some words here in verse 4, which we didn't read, 
uh, speaking of Jesus, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us. There's uh, some of these, I like when things start with the same letter, so in the ESV here. <clears throat> so that's Christ's purposes of the gospel. He's delivered us. And now there's this this drawing away from that, another D word, draw, drawing us away to a different gospel, um, which is strange because it says you're drawing us away to a different gospel, but there's no gospel at all. So in other words, basically you're drawing us away into heresy, into false teaching. Uh, and then to the uh, that's in verse 6, and then verse 7, the end of it, um, some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel, which is which is another D, D word. But it's strange though, that to distort, um, you know, one one is a totally different gospel, and one is taking the gospel and d- distorting it. And then the third word is in verse 8, con- a contrary gospel to the one that you preach. Then what I just read in verse 11 is not a man's gospel, so a, a man-centered, anything that exalts man's capacity and his own strength or his willpower or his uh, ambition and desires that, that, that the gospel is God exists to fulfill all your dreams and wishes and desires. That's that's a, I would call that a, a man's gospel. So so these are some of the ways that Paul in Galatians is telling his people, be careful you don't get removed, don't get lulled away, pulled away into these various teachings. Definitely, I would add one thing too. It's, you know, I, I think it goes back to um, the inerrancy and sufficiency of scripture, you know, being God's word, point, yeah. you know, because Paul in, in Galatians, you know, he, he introduces himself in different epistles in different ways. But in Galatians, he introduces himself as Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father. And then, of course, he gives a little gospel presentation who mm-hmm. raised him from the dead for all the brothers who are with me. And so so when you get back down to verse 11, it's, it's definitely not man-centered. It's not about man's ability, but it's also not from man. And Paul is, you know, making it clear, this isn't my perspective on the gospel. This is me speaking as a messenger and as, as an inspired writer of scripture. I'm delivering a message from God himself. And I think that's why Paul starts this letter this way, because this isn't, a new perspective on Paul or a new sort of teaching. There is no other teaching. And Paul, you know, even himself says if an angel comes or even if we come back yeah. and say something different, contrary to what God had purposed. And so, um, you know, later in Galatians, Paul will root um, the gospel all the way back to Abraham. In fact, it says that God preached the gospel to Abraham. Mm-hmm. This is the the bless. This is the way that the world will be blessed through his seed will be be Christ. And you can even take it further back mm-hmm. to Genesis three that this is the sort of prophecy in the Bible that the that the you know the foot the foot of the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. Yeah. And so everything about this is 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 from God, you know, salvation is a gift from God, um, thought up by God, secured by God, um, mm-hmm. and, and in our lives being worked out in us by God. And so I think that's what, you know, Paul, it, it can't be man-centered. It can't be about men. It can't be by our own abilities, but it's also not from man in any way. This is God's gospel. This is God's word. And for us who are the brothers and sisters that Paul mentions in the first three verses, that's the great assurance because because it's from God, it, yeah. it won't fail. Yeah, that's that's so true. And and you were talking earlier about sometimes getting accused of bringing, you know, preaching too hard 
uh, harder word. That's, uh, you know, the hard sayings of Jesus is one of your books <laughs> and simple gospel, another one of your books. Um, but, but you know, Paul is, as he is contending for the faith that here, you know, you read this, uh, let him, if anyone is preaching to a gospel contrary to the one you receive. So first of all, you have to make sure you receive it. That's why I think it's important to go over the gospel time and time again, that that's what you received. Christ died, rose again, the, the resurrected, uh, ascended. The, <clears throat> The, the, so anybody who's come along and preaching something else than that, and it's not just something that is like totally, like you know, you can identify it in a second. That's that's heathen, pagan, you know, heresy. Uh, oftentimes the, these false teachings are somewhat close, uh, you know. So so it's contrary to the one you received. Uh, then he says, "Let it be a curse." So 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 it is pretty harsh. It's like it's not sort of. Well, that that teacher is just sees things differently from scripture, or they have a different way of understanding. Or, I've heard it said before, like uh, some prosperity teachings, like a, a Joel Olstein, for instance. I hear a lot of people say, "Well, you know, he's such an encourager. He doesn't really preach all the gospel. He doesn't talk about hell or sin, but he, but but he's a good encourager. So he just does. He stays in his lane, so to speak. Well, that's that's contrary to the gospel because the gospel includes sin and the the, the necessity of the cross. Uh, and hell, and you know, so 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 that's contrary. So so we 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 are called there. To, okay, we're not called to be nice. You know, we're not called to be polite. Uh, we're called to contend, which is a a, a, a battle word, right? Right. So so that's um, I think that's where my mind goes. Is you know, and then the next chapter here, he goes on um, when when he came to the uh, chapter. Uh, 2 verse 4, yet because of false brothers secretly brought in who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ so that they might bring us into slavery, to them we did not yield into submission even for a moment. You know, so it's not like, well, let me think about this or you know, let's let let, it, let the sleeping dog lie. It, it's like, no, jump into the fray and, and you know, fight for fight for the truth. And um, not, not that anybody comes to that and says, I know the truth perfectly. And if anybody else errors in one little way I, you know I'm ready with a hammer to to smash them uh, but but it, who but someone who's constantly committed to either leaving things out of the gospel or putting things into the gospel that aren't the gospel then then yeah accursed don't even put up with it for a minute stand up and speak yeah right away so that's that's that, that's some kind of some tough words there isn't it I think, uh, you know, the, the ESV says accursed, and of course, that's the translation of the word anathema, which means yep. to be damned, you know. Um, that that language, um, if you kind of read through it, it's, it's, in my opinion, saying two things. It says, let them be accursed. The truth is, though, everyone outside of Christ is under the curse. You know, that's what it talks about in Galatians chapter three, Makes sense. you know, that Christ became a curse for us. Yeah. He became a curse and, you know, died a death on the cross, you uh, know, I see what you're saying. and yeah. so the point is, is, is so the truth is, is we are already under a curse. Yeah. All things outside of Christ are subject to the judgment of God. And so there's nothing unloving about um, fighting this battle. This is the ground central battle. You yeah. know, there's many other areas of theology that we can, as brothers, smile and uh -huh. say, you know, eschatology, um, you know, church government. There's many things where we see the word of God differently. And, 
you know, uh, and, mm-hmm. and can just still be in fellowship. I agree. But can, this, can, can I, can I yeah. interrupt? I'm sorry, because I don't want you to go too far without, because <laughs> I think you hit on a point that's, that is worth digging into a little bit. So what I hear you saying, and I've never heard it said before, so that's what I, my, my, my radar goes on, like bing, bling, bling. <laughs> I want to hear something really new to me. Um, the, the accursed there is not necessarily, um, we're giving you a special designation of a curse false teacher. Basically, if I hear you correct, you're saying, He's just basically saying you're just part of the heathen, pagan, non-Christian world. Yes, uh, and so yeah, I like that because I don't, I don't like it. But you know what I mean? But yeah. It, but it it shows that that God's not saying, um, yeah, he he's identifying them as lost. Yeah. That that, that uh, not necessarily giving them a, a title, saying like uh, you know, there's a special accursedness. That's not even a word. Uh, to this, is that kind of is that what you're saying? Well, it says it says it in a sort of passive way. It didn't say we don't we, we speak a curse over you. Yeah. The the language in the SV, which I think is a pretty good rendering of the Greek, it says, um, "Let him be accursed." And let so, basically, really, that's right? right. I mean, all things outside of Christ. So, the the problem Paul has here is that those who are accursed are trying to. Uh, you know, the Book of Galatians is all about. Um, the legalism, that's this particular yeah. brand of heresy that, you know, really is being focused on here. And so that's why in chapter two, he's saying, you know, it's trying to take our freedom, the freedom that Christ has given us. Um, and so that's that's really what he's contending for is for those who are those who are in Christ to not be swayed or drawn away by a false gospel. And, you know, anything that is uh, Jesus plus something else is a false gospel. Yeah. Some some may be more distorted and more damaging than others, but it's the simplicity of mm-hmm. Christ and Him crucified. You know, yes. stumbling block to Jews, foolishness to Gentiles. This is the simplicity and the power yeah. of God in Christ. You know, in in Hebrews chapter uh, seven, it talks about the fact. You know, there's a lot of uh, emphasis given to the humanity of Christ. But the, there's another element to the simplicity, too. At the, in the middle part of chapter 7, it says, you know, that Jesus isn't, isn't our priest based on the fact that he was born of the tribe of Levi or some other man, you know, some other category that men fit in. He, he's the, the priest forever on, on the value of his indestructible life. Mm-hmm. And so the simplicity of the gospel is, is, you know, is seen in the fact that Christ laid his life down. Christ took his life up again. And I think that's anytime we try to add anything to what you said before, um, God taking on flesh, living a perfect life and fulfilling the law, dying a death on our behalf, raising from the dead, uh, mm-hmm. and you know now it's seated next to the Father interceding for us. Anything adding to that, even if it sounds good, is a distortion it of is. the gospel. Yeah, yeah. Adding to, I think, and I agree 100 percent. And I also would add, add not not add to the gospel, but add to your thoughts, um, <clears throat> taking away anything. You <laughs> Definitely, know, and, you know, Jesus plus or Jesus minus. So uh, heresies come from taking away the divinity of Christ. So, so he was a good teacher. He was a great role model. Mm-hmm. Goes back to what we were talking about in the last episode about some of the progressive church teaching that uh, the cross wasn't uh, Jesus taking the wrath of God upon himself in our place. It was, uh, he was a good role model showing how, how you lay down your life for your friends, which certainly is a scripture, but that, that's not the significance of the fullness of that. So it's taking away something. Uh, that's So we have this picture 
of you know that, that and that's why it's so important you said earlier about you know, believing in the infallibility of scripture because that's that's where we otherwise you can start saying whatever you want left or right, right off one side or uh, the other and so it's uh, it's important that we don't add to it or take away and the only way we can know that we're doing that is to really know what is like so here's the here's the content here's here's the Here's the word delivered. To, you know, is it was that Paul said that this is the word I delivered to you. Yeah. Uh, and so that that, that to get a, you got to know that, or you're going to be sitting in church and somebody's going to say something that wasn't delivered to you, and because you don't know what was delivered to you, you're going to accept it. And that's that's one of the great things. Uh, that's the, one of the great harms in the church today is is uh, people without discernment, with people without biblical knowledge. That go and sa- you know a good sounding sermon because it's passionate or because it's uh, informative clever or yeah yeah and helpful in a fleshly way very, yeah it could be yeah five points to help you with your marriage but it might not have anything to do with the gospel at all right nothing wrong with helping people with their marriage but we're not a social club we're not psychoanalysts we're you know we're, we're we are people of the word and and so we need we need the gospel before uh, we I, move on let sir, me say yeah, one thing yes, about please. the purity yeah. of the gospel that it's so important you're talking about Absolutely. all these extra things that you know felt need sort of mm-hmm. self-help therapeutic deism kind of adds to the gospel you know i like to think of a, about it like a math equation you know the gospel is the ultimate and initial presupposition and so if you did a, a math prod you know i'm not a i'm not great at math but i you know I, I got through enough to get through college but you know i was glad when those classes were over but when you're doing these long math equations your work that's out to the right you may have a lot of things right in the big picture of the equation like you know so all, all this work you're doing here is great but if your initial presupposition, if it starts off with two plus two equals five, and then you build all of your work off of that, all this work here is meaningless. It does not get to the place it's supposed to be. And the gospel is that initial presupposition that everything else is built off of. And so if we get that wrong, we get everything wrong. And so there are practical things that a lot of people in the modern church say, and and, and not even that they're wrong, but if they're not rooted in yeah. the, the most important piece of Christianity, um, you know, I say this from the pulpit many times if 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 you figure out how to have a good marriage and be rich and be prosperous in this life but your soul isn't found in christ it it ain't gonna matter at all Mm -hmm. i mean i hope that you have a blessed life and i hope a bunch of other good things happen for you but i would rather you have a horrible life and and trial and struggle and struggle and to to have your soul saved and and i think that presupposition is so is is not it's not always discarded, but it's definitely discounted. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's it's a two two plus two equals five. In my mind, would go towards certain things. So if a, if a Bible teacher starts off with a premise, th- this book is written for our um, success and prosperity, and Everything we do is blessed. No, no struggle, no trial, no tribulation, no suffering. If you're starting from that, you're no matter what you teach in Scripture, you're going to end up with the wrong calculation. Correct. Uh, it, it may sound good as you're saying two. Here's what two looks like. Here, the two is 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 the first second number of the, and you go, yeah, that's true. And then the second, the the plus is adding. To, you know, so you could go through all the elements and sound right. 
but but it comes out wrong, and that's that's why you've got to know what God is saying about his his equation definitely of, of the gospel of the Christian life of of faith of of the Word of God. Yeah, definitely. I was going to go to Second uh, Peter uh, two one through three as as we just sort of hammer this home, and 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 hopefully the Word of God speaks for itself about how we need to. Uh, contend for the faith. So Second uh, Peter 2, verse 1 through 3 says, but false prophets <clears throat> will arise among the people. Uh, and just stopping there for a moment, it's it, it's not to be surprised that there are, are uh, false teachers and false prophets in the Christian community today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're, we're almost, it's, it's almost like we can't believe that. Like like a false prophet has to be like Joseph Smith that he right. starts Mormonism. That, that's a false prophet or false teacher. But they can't see it. That's you know he's not warning against you know the other religions here. He's he's warning about in they're going to rise among you. Yes. And so you know I, I just I think people get so you know we want to be so polite in the church today that we would never label somebody uh, a false teacher or a false prophet uh, because we think well they're they're Christians. Well, do we really know that for sure? Right. Uh, you know, b- based on their fruit, and on their faith, and on their teaching, false prophets, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. So it's not just th- these things that they're bringing in aren't just sort of, you know, even though we're saying, okay, it's good that you have a good marriage. Maybe they have a three-point thing on marriage, or uh, how to believe for, you know, a better job, or things like that. You know, issue of faith. That's that's understandable. But the way they bring it in becomes it becomes the gospel to them right the gospel becomes you can prosper um, or the gospel becomes uh, the law you got to keep the law right it's rules and regulations it's morality um, and so so these things aren't just a bit of diversion from the truth it's a destruction there's another d word there right it's a destruction Heresy. It'd be a sermon you you write with the three, the three D's or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could. I could. I, my my homiletics teacher would be very proud of me that, uh, that with destructive heresies. You want another D? Even denying the master. Yeah, there which, you go. Which is, uh, which again, when you when you hear teaching, you can kind of almost. I, I think the the um, the caution flag should should be stirred in your heart when you're sitting through a sermon and you're 20 minutes into it and you haven't heard. Maybe the name Jesus right. there hasn't been a, a opening of the scripture. It's it's sort of a good story, uh, or the Bible tells us that we should uh, love our wives. But and then just telling stories of how I love my wife and the, the difficulty I had in loving my wife and how we resolved it through going to to a weekend away and we prayed. And so what you should do is spend a weekend away and make sure you have a date night. You know, it's it's no different than what you could get on a TED talk. No well, doubt. Well, it sounds. Okay, it's not. It's, it sounds like you could say, "Well, that's not. That's not really the best. You really should have something better than that." But it's not so bad. Well, according to this, it's. It really is bad. It is, and I think the reason why is not to, you know, beat the math equation to death, but instead of taking what's true, and what's basic, and working out things from there, we have a desired outcome that we want. So we're not trying to find what the, you know, what the math equation adds up to based on this presupposition we have a presupposition and i mean we have a, a an answer in mind we have what we want this to mean in mind and we're willing to do anything we can 
to sort of twist it twist to it, come right. to this place yeah. where the truth is in a very simple term um salvation in the gospel is about the salvation of your soul Mm-hmm. It's about being reconciled to God. It's about magnifying Christ. You know, um, uh, you know, any sort of biblical preaching is 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 giving glory to Christ, not yeah. to man. Is giving praise and honor to Christ, and you know, and the gospel does that. It humbles us. It exalts Christ. Um, and I think along the way, I, I think the the word that really you know there's a lot of different false gospels you have you know just the outright heresy of someone like you know joseph smith Mm -hmm. or or even other you know just really divergent you would call cults um but but i think what what's most dangerous spurgeon would say that discernment isn't knowing the difference between truth and untruth spurgeon would say that the sermon is knowing the difference between truth and what's almost true yeah. that's where we really get mixed up and i think any time that the gospel is not about the salvation of our soul um and being reconciled to god i think that's where where we get in trouble and and i think because the truth is not to you know make this uh, an outward look but you know what works what seems like a, a working gospel for here for here here for us in america doesn't necessarily work in china mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't it, it's not possible in places in western africa you know are these people not applying the five steps to become successful christians what what's wrong with them no the the problem isn't them the problem is the gospel we're inflicting on them the good news of the gospel is good news for every person on every soil it's good news for the world and i think if if it can't translate you know that's not a the only test but is it christ honoring is it good news for all people yeah yeah that's that's probably the litmus test in some senses for your own understanding of scripture and the gospel uh, or of sermons that you're hearing communicated to to you or to others or books you're reading that <clears throat> that uh I, I would suggest that the probably one of the greatest litmus tests would be, is this glorifying me, uh, my wants, my needs, my desires, my abilities, my my flesh, my my law keeping? Uh, in our next episode, we're going to talk about the two types of diversions right. falling off on the left side of the right side. But but just to close off here today, the, uh, it really goes go to, and I'm so glad you brought that up, but I think it really goes to this central thing of, is, is does uh, are we in our... In our, in our hunger for the word, is it what I, what can I get out of it, and, or how can I keep these rules, or is it how can I how can I know the Savior? How can I how can my heart be uh, filled with the joy of who He is? How how can how can He how can I esteem Him more highly? How can you know as we you and I Josh were studying and writing a bit on Hebrews together, the book of Hebrews, you know, and one of my chapters that that I'm writing is the Christ the better than you know, and so the gospel is coming to your whole life, just realizing that that one thing. He, oh, he's I wanted success, but Jesus is so much better than that. He's right. so much more worthy of my time and attention and focus. Uh, I, I wanted a, I wanted my health to be better. I didn't want to have the thing that the doctor labeled on me, but. Christ is better than than that. If I have Him, I can be a Joni Erickson Tata and be in a wheelchair my whole life, right. and have the glory of Christ and the knowledge and the wisdom and the love, <laughs> the, the passion for Jesus. The, you know, and I, I think anything that 
is is a uh, diversion from that is you know ends up destroying the joy that we have or the passion that we have or the love that we have or the you know, but uh, yeah it just to me it comes down to this the, the you know are, are we magnifying Christ I love being around people and you're like this and you know, we've done a few interviews where you can just tell a difference between somebody who and it's not just an intellectual adherence to you know there's like five things that you should mention when you mention what the gospel is it's so much more than that it's like somebody who's owned by it yeah. you know somebody who's who's ruined i don't like the word ruined by it but you know but, but sure. kind, of, kind of wrecks everything else it's like my ambitions are gone my my kingdom building's gone this this is my whole whole center and not just because you found some good benefit principle of life or benefit of life it's not like you found some school of that you're entering into. Like you know, if you, if you found out like I want to be a psychiatrist or I want to be a politician, and you give your life to that, it's not that. Even it's right. it's it's other centered. It's Christ. Uh, you know, it ultimately comes down to the exaltation of Christ, doesn't it? No doubt. I think I think the best you know the thing that really defines those kind of people are people like the Apostle Paul who realized that the gifts of the gospel aren't all these things that we hope are added right. unto us. The gift of the gospel is Christ, Christ, Christ yeah. himself. That's why in Philippians 3, one of my absolute favorite scriptures after Paul you know, says we shouldn't put boast in the flesh, we shouldn't have any confidence in the flesh. But then he says, you know, but by worldly standards, if anybody could have, you know, I did. I mean, I was, you know, I'm a Jew. I, I'm a Pharisee by training, you know, zealous for God, persecuting the church, you know, born of a prestigious tribe, the tribe of Benjamin. So he kind of gives his pedigree of all the reasons why. But all these things he said, but once he found Christ or Christ found him on that Damascus road, it says now I consider all these things loss compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage. Paul's not saying that, you know, blessings and the other things in life are, are garbage. He's saying compared to Christ, every like that old hymn says, the, the things of this world just grow strangely dim yeah. next to Christ. And I think, uh, you know, that is the problem with, you know, much preaching is that that Christ and the word of Christ is a garnish for our mill of practical words, mm. five steps to self-help, mm -hmm. instead of being the mill itself. Christ is the source and the substance. And once you realize that, you're like the man in Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who found a treasure in the field. And when he found it, he hid it again. And then it doesn't say sadly or angrily or, you know, legalistically. It says enjoy. He went and sold all he had so he could have the field. Who, what is that treasure? The treasure is Christ. And I think that's what we, we have to give people is Christ, not Christ plus anything, not the promise of a better life, um, not the promise of riches, not the promise of anything that sometimes, you know, we we do get benefit. I mean, I've had many benefits from following Christ, um, you know, it just changed my life, but I don't follow Christ because of those things. I follow Christ because he is Lord and uh, everything compared to him is is like yeah, garbage. Good, good, good thought, man. Well, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Joshua. Appreciate it. And uh, for those of you that are listening to us today, uh, just close by. Uh, you know, we just encourage you to uh, you know seek seek his face while he might be found. Just, just just come to this word for for him for 
to, that I might know you and the power of your resurrection. Jeremiah 9, 23, that uh, let not a wise man boast in his wisdom or a rich man in his riches or a strong man in his strength, but let him bo- boast, boast in this, that he knows me, that I'm a God of loving kindness and mercy. He knows, and, and we would put that in the terms of what we've been talking about the last few weeks, putting in the terms of, of knowing the gospel and, and the God of the gospel, or that God is the gospel, that Jesus is the gospel. It's 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 a Christocentric, it's Christ-centered. And so I, I pray that what you're hearing just stirs a hunger in your heart, a passion, a um, just just a brokenness, just to say, Jesus, I, I, I need to go back to that first love, or I, I need to get rid of this dullness of spirit or this slumber in my heart, uh, the distractions that that the, the, here's the gospel and the world has seeped into it and it's and it's it's, it's mixed together and I need to rip that apart and just get back to to the core of, of uh, Lord I love you and I worship you and I exalt you and my life is is yours and I'm grateful and that that gives the spirit of thanksgiving and joy in life so pray that you get that we're praying for you believing for you hey don't forget we're just a few weeks away now from our pastors conference in San Diego, California. It's February. I'm, I'm having trouble remembering the dates. Do you remember? Is oh, it, now you're putting me on the it's spot. In the, it's in the show notes. It's coming up real soon. Uh, but there's only a few spots left. Um, we want you to sign up to get in there. You're going to hear some powerful teaching. We just found out recently that uh, uh, Shane and Shane has has signed on to join us and and help lead us in worship. Uh, a couple other worship bands. Uh, Jared Anderson, my wife Kelly's going to be there. The Teen Challenge Choir. Uh, their testimonies of power and. Some great preaching. Uh, if if some of the stuff that we're saying in this podcast stirs you, intrigues you, uh, I want to encourage you to sign up for the uh, leadership conference there in San Diego. Then later on in the year, uh, in uh, Times Square Church in New York City, uh, another conference. But uh, get to this first one uh, because uh, why why waste the time? And right. who, who knows how much time we have left? Thanks for being with us today. God bless you. Join us again as we talk next time on an episode about uh, the, again the a, a different gospel. A distorted gospel, uh, uh, false teaching, and and this this where do they f- fall off one side or the other? What what are some specifics of those things that we can watch for in our own life? Thanks again. Each week, this podcast reaches thousands of listeners. This critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you, who believe in the mission of World Challenge. Thank you for listening and supporting World Challenge transforming lives through the message and mission of Jesus Christ. Visit us online at worldchallenge.org.